This is episode seven of the Nesby Penoir podcast, produced by Still Media. Here we go. You're listening to the Nesby Penoir podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further. You have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Mia Maya Mabry. What's going on, everybody? Welcome once again to the Nesby Panua Podcast. I'm your host, Nehemiah Mabry, and as you already know, I intend to inspire. Uh, as we come now to the end of the year, I know a lot of people got a lot of things going on uh, as it relates to the holidays and finals and things like that. But again, we're just happy to bring you another exciting and informative episode. And I am joined today by Mr. Keith Sylvester. Keith, how you doing today, man? I'm doing super and fantastic, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing just good, man. Just fine. Just fine. So thanks for asking. Keith Sylvester's entrepreneurial pursuits began shortly after he graduated from college. He owns a franchise with Legal Shield, a company that provides high-quality legal and identity theft services. The legal plan gives members access to over 6,900 attorneys, situations ranging from the trivial to the traumatic, and the identity theft plan provides industry-leading monitoring, consultation, and restoration. Keith is the CEO and founder of eBook Solutions which is a book publishing company that provides digital and physical book publishing services, provides online and offline book promotion, and helps authors develop and expand their author platform. Keith's main goal is to provide the best customer service to his clients by listening to their needs and providing the best solutions to their problems. And Keith, I I just want you to know, man, that I think you are probably the first person that we've interviewed here on the podcast that actually has two businesses that that he or she is owning and operating. So congratulations on that, man. Oh, man, I appreciate it. I definitely do. I hope I can share a few things to let people know how I navigate the two of those. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure you will. And so uh, we'll get into that just a little bit later. But um, as we as we always do, why don't you just go ahead and share with us a random fact or something unknown about yourself that a person wouldn't really guess after hearing that bio? <laughs> okay, man, that's a good question. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a huge, 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 huge comic book fan and mm. comic book reader. Um, I spend more money than I care to admit on comic books, wow. and I enjoy reading the stories. Big DC, big Marvel fan. Uh-huh. If you ever have any questions, then I'll be happy to chop it up with you and, and let you know what's going on in the comic book universe. Oh, man. You know, I, I once tried to uh, get into the comic book collection game. But then I realized I was so far behind the avid collectors that I just said, you know, I might as well just continue to watch the movies, man. <laughs> well, you know what? If you ever wanted to just get caught up, man, Wikipedia will be your friend. It's amazing at how well they keep those storylines up to date. You can just read up on who you want to get caught up on. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to continue reading your books or buy some books, there you go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, are you one of the people that, like, gets really disappointed when you see the movie doesn't quite line up with the comic book storyline or are you kind of like still appreciative or, or appreciate what you see on the screen? You know what? That's a good question. I used to be disappointed because I 
looked at it from the standpoint of wanted it to be very close to the book. Right. But now I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, the movies are kind of like their own universe, kind of like their own universe. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like seeing the surprises and seeing what they're going to bring into it. Now, okay. granted that they totally jacked up the storyline. I might not be too happy, <laughs> but as long as they keep some of the fundamentals there, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah. 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 I know, I know enough to kind of notice when they deviate, you know, I was a big, I was into Spider-Man. I was into, x-men and so i I know there's a little deviations here and there but you're right you know it's kind of its own as they do call it cinematic universe so that's pretty cool yeah well put very well put yeah well well, thanks for sharing that that interesting background about yourself and if you can go ahead and share us a little bit about your educational background you know what schools you go to what you major in and how did you get into all that yeah that's not a problem at all well i graduated from Mercy University in Macon, Georgia, and I graduated from there with my graduate degree and my undergraduate degree in electrical engineering. Uh, mm-hmm. Mercer has a combined um, master's bachelor program, five-year program, mm-hmm. and I figured, hey, you know what, why don't I try to get these both knocked out as quickly as I can? So I was blessed to be able to go straight through school, and once I graduated, I had both of those. And okay. I became interested in engineering, really became interested probably uh, about the time I was in the seventh grade, I okay. remember uh, it was really big into video games. Around the time I was in seventh grade, I mean, you had your Nintendo, you had Sega. I'm kind of dating myself here. Mm-hmm. And I think the Sega Genesis might have just come out in the Super NES and just <laughs> computer games and then all that stuff, so video games. That was just the thing yeah. that really, really intrigued me. So when I got ready to go to school, my mind was just computer engineering, computer engineering, computer engineering. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I had someone explain to me that you have some great flexibility with an electrical engineering degree and a comp sci, looking at a comp sci minor. So that's, uh, that is the, the kind of the route that I went in. Didn't end up picking up a comp sci minor, but I did take some computer science classes. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I finished up with my electrical engineering degrees. Awesome, awesome. And for those listening who don't know, Keith is actually a, a member of our Nesby National Professionals Board. Is that correct, Keith? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah, so did you... How, when did you get a part of Nesby? Did you start while you were in school, or did you kind of begin to see the value in it after you came out? And great question. Another great question. I was loosely involved with Nesby in college, and I actually got involved with Nesby as a as a professional. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, so I work, still work full time in the area that I'm in. Uh, some of the people who I went to school with actually started a Nesby chapter, and okay. I remember uh, they were just. Uh, just kept getting invited to the meetings, and you know, I just kept coming up with reasons why I couldn't, not because I didn't want to go to the meetings, but I was saying that I thought that I was too busy, just to be honest, and uh, I made the time to go to a meeting and mm-hmm. just, fell, just fell in love right then and there, and yeah. I've been you know, hooked on Nesby ever since, and it's uh, just a, a joy and a treat to be able to serve the organization uh, in the board capacity. So I got involved out at the uh, professional level, first at the chapter level, and then the regional level. And I've had the opportunity to actually serve, you know, on the national board right now as the town development chair. Absolutely. And I serve in my region, region three, as the professional development chair as well. Great, great. Yeah, man, you know, I, I love Nesby as well. I was kind of uh, involved also at a point where uh, I wasn't totally committed. But then as I began to get more involved, I began to mm-hmm. see just how rich of a network it was, how how beneficial it was to kind of um, connect to other people that kind of had 
a like mind to continue to in increase the number. <laughs> yeah, increase absolutely. The number. Yeah, so that's awesome. And for anyone listening, I know we have listeners also that aren't necessarily connected to Nesby. And just a quick plug, if you're interested to learn more about the National Society of Black Engineers, just go ahead and go to nesby.org, nsbe.org, uh, and you can learn a lot more about, about the great things like Nesbypreneur that we are doing in the society. Yeah, definitely. You get, once you get a, a dose of Nesby, you'll be hooked. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. So um, let's, let's get into the entrepreneurship, man. When did you, you know, I read in your bio that you came out of school and it kind of just um, happened after you graduated from college. But I'm, I'm really interested, you know, what came first? How did this kind of all pop off? What did you do the Legal Shield franchise first? Or was there something that predates that? Or was it the ebook solution? How did that, that entrepreneurial leap or transition take place for you? Yeah, good question. So here's the genesis of it all. I remember right after I was right after I graduated, or it was right before I graduated, I had some buddies of mine who got out of school before I did it, and um, I remember them talking about um, getting into real estate investing. And mm -hmm. you know, to be honest with you, just the whole notion of having a business, being my own boss, being a CEO—I mean, it was just so intriguing in school, mm -hmm. and I just didn't know honestly how to do that. I like the idea. I just didn't know how to go about doing it. But yeah. I knew I had a desire to do it. So once I graduated, one of my, my buddy who was doing the real estate business reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to join the real estate investment group. So that was really the first business that I became a part of. And it was, of course, dealing with real estate. And that was cool. Learned a few things there. And I definitely, as I say to this day, really enjoy the tax benefits of real estate. <laughs> and then after that, I, I was looking. And all my look for entrepreneurial endeavors, that's what actually led me to Legal Shield. Uh, I'll never forget. It just, you know, it's kind of neat the way that uh, business encounters will take place. I was mm -hmm. uh, working at the time in Ohio, came down to Georgia uh, to visit my family and friends. And when I was in Georgia, I went into an Arby's restaurant. And I had mm -hmm. a chance to, you know, go in for a roast beef sandwich, which I like to do from time to time. And while I was in there, I uh, met a gentleman. You know, we just struck up a conversation. He was uh, hanging out with his family, and he started to talk to me about Legal Shield. And I'll be honest with mm -hmm. you, it was something that I'd never heard of before. But when he started to briefly explain the concept, it just made so much sense to me. Because I knew uh, in my life, not that I'm you know, someone running from the cops, because that's what people will typically think about when they hear about attorneys or they'll think <laughs> about bad things. But when I learned that it was something that, wow, right. I can use this for everyday life situations, plus I knew I had had some speeding tickets mm -hmm. in the past and I wish an attorney could have been there, I mean, I immediately saw value. Mm -hmm. But then when I took a look at the income that could be generated, that made sense too. I mean, this gentleman was able to walk away from his job um, you know, making very good income within his first four months. So that's something that caught my attention and made me take a closer look. Mm -hmm. So I've been with Legal Shield for several years now, and I, I've loved the things that they've been able to teach me. And uh, a few short years ago, still building my Legal Shield business, uh, I just started seeing a whole bunch, of, a whole bunch about uh, digital publishing, Kindle publishing, uh, self-publishing, and it intrigued me. And that's when I really started getting into the publishing business. I learned how to do book conversions, how to take a printed book, a paperback book, and make it available on different digital platforms. So that's how I started. I said, hey, I could do this for myself. I said, I don't have a book, so maybe I can find people who have books that don't have those books currently on the Kindle device, for example. So that's how that business started. It was really word of mouth, going around talking to people, finding people with books. 
and I then just built on it from there. So that's how the businesses came about. Okay, Legal Shield is a franchise, yeah. correct? Which means it's a part of a of a larger larger structure, but you are pretty much the owner of your yeah. own entity within yeah. that brand, right? So do you feel as though starting out uh, your entrepreneurial ambitions, starting out kind of as a franchisee, gave you the confidence to go into, you know, your, your publishing You know company? what? I'll tell you this. That's another great question. You must be reading my mind because I really wanted to touch upon that point. <laughs> I definitely would say that it helped. I would encourage anybody mm -hmm. out there who is looking at starting a business but doesn't know where to go to take a look at a lot of the great home-based business opportunities, uh, such as Legal Shield, because mm -hmm. when you open your business, you're essentially opening a franchise because you have all the benefits of a mm -hmm. franchise. You've got the business model there. You've got the tools there. You've got training there. You've got support there. You don't have to worry about reinventing right. the wheel or, for that fact, inventing the wheel, which is what I had to do with eBook Solutions mm -hmm. because I was building my system as I went along. So I really, right. really, really enjoyed the, the training and the training that I still get and just the, the really good business foundations that you can get by being in a situation like that. It helps you become systematic. It helps you mm -hmm. with your planning. It helps you with your organizing. It helps you with your conversation. When you're doing networking, I mean, even I think if you're a, a people person, it's really good to be around other business people because it's interesting to hear the way that folks will do networking in the business sense. So being around, so right, being in right. opportunities like a home-based business, and there are many ways to start a business, but I lean on the home-based business simply because if you don't know where to start, it's got a lot of great, great, great tools in place already. And it's a proven industry that's yeah. proven to generate tremendous wealth if you follow the principles. And you know, that that is something that, you know, maybe we'll have to do an episode or, or, or two on at some point. You know, so often when we think of entrepreneurship, we think of someone coming up with their own idea, a brand new idea, and starting it. But there's no uh, nothing that says that you can't come into a market or even into a, a structure, a company that's already established and actually start your own business or your own franchise within that. And so I'm glad you touched on that, Keith, because um, listeners, as he said, you know, you don't always have to reinvent or invent the wheel. Sometimes there are proven models that are out there, but you could take it and apply it to a new market or you can apply it to a new lifestyle or whatever the case may be and really make it your own. And yes, and yes, you are still an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully put. Very, very well put. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. So here's a kind of the second segment and that is give us your quick elevator pitch and to frame it for you, since you kind of got two things going on, um, imagine yourself at, you know, a, a conference, let's say you're at the Nesby conference and sure. you're around a lot of other people who are networking and getting to know each other. And so someone comes up to you and specifically they're interested in entrepreneurship and they ask you, you know, hi, how you doing? Keith, uh, tell me what exactly do you do? What would you say in 30 seconds or less? So if somebody came up to me and they asked me what I did in that sense, I have, I have a, a few different ways that I would answer. Yeah. A general way that I would answer is this. I would say, well, hey, you know, me and Myla say that it's you. I would say that my company helps individuals in business save money, helps them to expand their business, and to also build their brand. We do that by, number one, helping them to save money through legal expenses. Mm -hmm. Number two, we help them to, uh, to build upon what they're doing by reinvesting the money that they've saved from the legal expenses back into their business. And number three, we're going to help you build your brand by helping you create what we call the ultimate business card, which is really a book. So that will probably be one way I might talk with somebody. 
quick questions about the business model though. So with Legal Shield, really quickly, is it a monthly fee or how does that work? I know you are part of this network, but then as far as your revenue, it does it come from the person paying per month? Sure, yeah, that's, that's a great question. There are three main ways that we get paid from the Legal Shield aspect. The first way that an associate will get paid is by actually protecting a family or protecting a business with the Legal Shield membership. And what a member or what the associate will typically get paid is an upfront commission. And what's really neat about mm-hmm. that is that what you're going to get, I just think about this, this is what's so fascinating, you're going to get 12 months worth of income right up front. So what I love about it is that a lot of people will say, hey, you know what, I, I might need to get some income for the holidays, but well, we got a business model that will pay you very well right up front. So our first way is advanced commissions. Another way that we can get paid is really by taking advantage of the franchise model, which is by getting what's known as your override income or the income that's generated from the organization if you choose to build an organization. So if you have so, mm-hmm. so if we have someone on our team and we're helping them build their business by sharing this information with the people that they know, love, and trust, when we help them sign people up for the membership, they're going to get paid and we're going to get paid as well just the way a McDonald's franchise would work or any other franchise would work. And then the third way that we get paid is the residual income. And basically put, after a member has paid for their membership for 12 months, we put ourselves in a position to get paid uh, a percentage all over again. Okay. So I'm going to focus in a little bit on uh, on the e-book publishing now. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, e-book solutions. So – what, what exactly is the business model for that? How, how do you bring revenue in the door sure. for that company? Sure, great question. Uh, we have three basic ways that we do that. The first thing that we are going to do, or excuse me, maybe not the first thing, because different authors may come into, may come to our company for different services depending on where they are in their path. One way that our company would generate income is the printing of uh, our client's book. So that's going to be either the digital book and or the physical book. Um, when I first started, it was just the digital stuff. And I honestly, I had not developed the skills yet to do the printed stuff. And then that came mm-hmm. later, so I was blessed to be able to bring that into the fold. The Another way that we can generate income is that we have our promotional side. So that's going to be mm-hmm. things ranging from different promotions that we may do online to help drive sales or drive traffic Mm -hmm. to their internet presence. So maybe it's an Amazon sales page, or maybe it's their sales page on their website where their book is. Uh, We'll do a series Mm -hmm. of promotions for that. Uh, Our third way that we generate income is really just helping the author, as we said, build that author platform. So let's really just flush out the the different digital properties there of our author, including different social media networks. So if if they may not Mm -hmm. have that in place, it could be the development of their website. Matter of fact, it could be helping them develop a product that's associated with their book because people write books for different reasons. Some people want to use it as a platform for something else. Some people want to build their living around their book. So when we're really looking to develop that author platform, we we really got to be extremely strategic and make sure that Mm -hmm. we are putting everyone's time towards the goals of our clients. So those are the three basic ways. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if anybody's listening, you say, hey, I've always wanted to write a book and I really feel as though I know a lot about X or maybe it's your story and I want to build a brand around this, then Keith, 
uh, his company, Ebook Solutions, could kind of help you get that that ball rolling. Am I right, Keith? Oh man, you beautifully, beautifully put. Man, we need to work together. Uh, but um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, yeah, you said it best. I think all the time, what I would love to do is to work with somebody, you uh, know, just not even uh, somebody who has a business, but I think about this all the time. I think about wanting to work with somebody who is looking to apply for a job, and they're going mm-hmm. to that interview, and they're not only talking about the things on their resume, but they can point mm-hmm. to the book that they published, and it's on Amazon. Oh, you know, man. So I, yeah. think, awesome. I think it would be, too, because you think about the different ways to make yourself stand out, and I think that's a perfect mm-hmm. way, and I don't see a lot of people doing that. Yeah, yeah, there you have it. Hey, you may have just encouraged someone to, Go ahead and make that happen. Yeah, so, I, I appreciate that. No yeah. So, t- tell me, tell me a, a story, if you would, or of a major challenge or, or lesson that you learned, kind of early on as you began to get your feet wet with entrepreneurship that you encountered, maybe you didn't expect, but then also how you overcame it and what you learned from it. Sure. Yeah. Another great question, and thank you for asking. With Legal Shield, what I learned early on is that number one, believe it or not, Nehemiah people lie. Okay, uh, people who <laughs> do not do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, so, yeah, that happens. So, <laughs> so I've I ran into many people who said that they would support my business. And, you know, cl- people who are close to you who didn't do it, and that kind of sucked. So mm-hmm. people who you just knew, you know, you knew you were going to be in business with them. You knew they were going to be mm-hmm. one of your first supporters, and they, they don't understand what you're doing, and they think it's crazy. And, you know, just yeah. dealing with that as well. So those were a couple of things I learned early on. And, and the biggest takeaway there is that, you know, number one, uh, just because you see something definitely doesn't mean that everybody else is going to see it. Uh, number right. two, especially when you talk about an opportunity, uh, an opportunity is an opportunity because you see it before the masses do. So just because mm-hmm. somebody doesn't see it now doesn't mean that somebody is going to see it later. And number three, and I've heard this on some of the other interviews that you've had, when you deal with mm-hmm. people who don't share the same vision as you, who may think that what yeah. you're doing is a little silly or a little funny, they just might not understand the entrepreneurial thing. You know, you can love some of you can love those folks, but you may have to love them at a distance when it comes time to your entrepreneurial stuff, because you not necess- you don't necessarily want to have that energy around you when you're building your business right. and you got somebody else who may not be a fan of what you're doing. So. Those are some of the things that I learned when I was building the legal mm-hmm. shield business, and those are things. And what I was just sharing is how I just continue to to move forward and constantly remember because people um, they still do those same things today. So I just remember yeah. that in my mind. Yeah. From the ebook solutions Man. standpoint, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nehemiah. No, no, go ahead. Um, from the ebook solutions standpoint, something that I have learned is number one, uh, know my value. I realized that when mm-hmm. I first started off in my publishing business, I really was not pricing my services well. And mm-hmm. it took me a while, I won't say a while, but just really just getting in the right mindset to price my services the right way. Number two, I learned that I had to be very specific and very clear mm-hmm. in all aspects of my business when I'm dealing with the client or else I could put myself in a situation where I wind up doing um, way more work than I had originally thought, but because yeah, I did not yeah. express uh, a certain point up front, you know, I'm like, dang, right. you know what? Lock into this. <laughs> so just <laughs> to bite the bullet. Got to bite the bullet. Absolutely. So just being very yeah. clear on the different aspects of the business and in the pricing model. Make sure you know yeah. what we all do is valuable. So make sure that we price it for what it's worth. 
and not only work to the right. person that we're servicing, but also worth our time as well. Right, right, right. Now, now there's a lot to take away from what you shared, but I'm, I'm going to pull out one thing that really stuck with me in what you said um, was that what makes something an opportunity is the fact that you see it before the masses. And I hope people catch that because really what, what that says is that the, the value of that opportunity is in the fact that you could get in ahead of the curve. If everyone realizes it and everyone gets to a point where it's convenient for them to do, that inherently makes it less of an opportunity for you. Absolutely. And so I really like the fact that you said that because, you know, regardless of, of what business you're seeking to start or, or what is out there, there's going to be risk up front, but then also there's going to be the potential for reward. And that, seeing that before everyone else sees it, is what makes it a great opportunity. So I really appreciate you sharing that, Keith. That's, that's awesome. And I know a lot of people have taken a lot away from that. Absolutely. So coming here into our last segment, man, um, could you just give us an idea of how you structure your day? Because you work. Um, you can share kind of how you focus and balance your time. Can you just give us kind of a quick snapshot of a day in the life of Keith Sylvester? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, day in the life, you know, I've got my, my full-time gig. I go to work in the morning, got to leave the family, beautiful mm -hmm. family at home. And mm -hmm. what I tend to do is on my lunch break, I, if, okay. um, I, I try to use my, my lunch break strategically. So if I can get an appointment during my lunch break, I'll take the appointment. I might use a portion of my lunch break to make phone calls, follow-up calls for my businesses. And mm -hmm. I'll do that during the day. It doesn't necessarily work out that where I'll have an appointment or follow-up calls uh, every day, but I do my best to take a portion of my lunch break and make that a productive time. When I get right. home, I compartmentalize my business time like this. I work, my goal is to, again, I work my businesses part-time. So I'll put, let's say, an hour, hour and a half in my legal show business after I get off of work. And that's not necessarily mm -hmm. um, an hour and a half straight. It's really just taking snippets of time because I'm making follow-up right. calls or it could be an appointment. So hour to hour and a half with that. So um, once that's done, you know, I make sure that I can spend some time with my wife, make sure that I spend some time with my son as well. And once he's to bed and uh, typically, after my wife and I have, hang, have hung out, I try to spend about another maybe hour, hour and a half on my publishing business. And that's typically okay. what I do. And, you know, those are averages. So sometimes there's going to be more time spent. Sometimes there's going to be less time spent. It just depends on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I can uh, definitely relate to how you uh, described your day there. Uh, key word, listeners, compartmentalize. You know, there's no way you can do everything at the same time. But if you say, okay, for this period, I'm going to focus on this and this period, I'm going to focus on that. And then you make sure, of course, that you, you have time for your family and for the people that matter to you. And then uh, you can find a way to, to make it all fit. So that's pretty cool. You know, one other thing, too, I'll share. I got an awesome wife, and it is it's really good when you've got a support, you got support at home. So yes. uh, having her uh, in my life, it just it makes the entrepreneurial stuff that we do uh, that much easier, yeah. that much easier. Yeah. Like I know I was sharing this with you when we spoke a little while ago, but you know, one of the th things that we're very happy about with our legal shield business is that, you know, I mean, my, you said it best. You said, you know, we, we build businesses for the time. And one of the things mm -hmm. that we were uh, able to do is 
put my wife in a situation where she's working part time now on her full part time mm-hmm. on a full time job, and a large part yeah. of that is because of the income that we bring in with our businesses, but primarily our legal shield business for that particular stream of income. So I mean, it, it's just yeah. a really cool thing. And, you know, the fact that you've got someone, you know, your best friend working with you, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. So yeah. trust me, like, yeah. having that support at home is huge. Yes, yes. I give a hearty amen to that, brother. I'm, I'm actually a newlywed myself. been married for a few months. Congratulations. And, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I uh, yeah, I couldn't do the things that I do without a supportive wife. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So a favorite question of us here on the podcast is, Let's imagine we have a time machine right here that you could hop on and go back into time, say a few months to a year before you actually started anything entrepreneurially. And you had an opportunity to give yourself just quick, let's say 10 seconds or so of advice. What would you tell that younger self that could help you um, in what you were approaching when it came to being an entrepreneur? Oh, sure. What I would tell myself is just start. Don't wait. Get the bad out the way because the bad is going to happen. But the quicker that you can get the bad out the way, then the good is going to happen. So what is a book and or resource, you could give both if you like, that you would recommend for someone seeking to run their business the right way? I will say, I know Think and Grow Rich has been given. I would say How to Win, mm. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. We're in the people business. Okay. I would say The Richest mm-hmm. Man in Babylon because as you start earning profits from your business, you got to get some ideas of how to use your income. So that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Slide Edge talks about the benefits of the right activities every day and how they can either work against you or work for you. And The Entrepreneur Solution by Mel Abrams. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Those are some good books. I haven't uh, read all of those, but I think Think Grow Rich, The Richest Man in Babylon, I haven't finished that one yet, which isn't that long, but some of those are, are really good. I heard a lot about the slight edge. So okay. yeah, those are great books. I know that the listeners are either writing those down or waiting to see the show notes so that they can uh, get links to certain things. But is there a resource, Keith, that you, an app or a software, anything you want to recommend? You know what I think? Uh, I hope I'm saying this correctly. Mind Meister Meister. It's a mind mapping application and there's a free version okay. that you can use online. And I like mind mapping as a way to take notes. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our interview, Keith. But before we go, um, why don't you show, share with us how we could get in touch with you, find out more about your businesses and all that you got going on. And then lastly, leave us with one of your favorite quotes. All right. Good deal. Nehemiah, again, thanks for giving me the chance to be on here today. And if anybody is interested in knowing about our legal show business, you can simply go to ksylvester.com. So that's the letter K S Y L V E S T E R.com. If you're interested in our publishing company, you can go to www.ebooksolutions. That's with an S at the end, ebooksolutions.org. And um, favorite quotes um, got Proverbs here, chapter 3, verses 4 excuse me, verses 5 and 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And another one is this, uh, either you will uh, pay now and play later or you can play now and pay later, but either way, you got to pay. Awesome, awesome. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has actually been shared a couple of times here on the podcast, so I hope the people who've been hearing that will go and look that up 
and remember it. Yes, that is a golden, golden promise. And uh, what was the second one you said? Pay now and play later, or yeah, now. play now and pay later. Yeah, you've got it. If you can either basically you pay the price now, or you and you can play later, or you can play now, then you pay the price later. But either way, you got to pay. So you might as well pay the price now, so you can have fun later on. I love it. I love it. Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, no problem. Thank you for the opportunity. for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time in the meantime please do us a couple of favors one subscribe to the podcast on itunes or any other platform you might find us on and two rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show and finally spread the word tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the nesbypreneur podcast